This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of the program, live from Veranda on the patio here in the Curry Barracks. Of course, Veranda, a great collaboration between Burwood Distillery and Vacay Bruco. We've been here before. You've heard them, the sponsors of a possible Flames trivia on the big show with Russick and Rose. Hanging out here, getting set for their end of summer patio blowout tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss it, the patio party. This great patio out here has been rocking all summer long. We're hanging out here. It's a little chilly this Friday, but it's going to heat up tomorrow just in time. We're going to have a DJ here. They're going to have plenty of games to go along with the great food and beverages that you know from Veranda that you love from Burwood Distillery and Vacay Bruco. More on that as the afternoon goes on. Hour one in the books. Lots of NFL talk coming off of week one. Uh, kicking off last night with the Kansas City Chiefs falling to the Detroit Lions. Also checking on the Toronto Blue Jays as they kicked off their series are set to kick off their series against the Kansas City Royals tonight here on your radio. So we're kicking off Hour 2, heading down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline to get you set for the Stampeders and the Elks. The Labor Day rematch is Saturday from Commonwealth Stadium. And to help us break it down, very happy to bring in Patrick Dumas, the producer of Rustic and Rose in the Morning and one of our Stampeders reporters here on Sportsnet 960. Patty, how are you, pal? I'm good, Logo. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, I'm getting set for a CFL triple header on Saturday. Yes, sir. Uh, which ends off with the uh, Stampeders and the Elks. But give us the latest. Depth charts are out for the Calgary Stampeders. And, boy, we've got some changes ahead of this game in Edmonton. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, the big one, uh, those two injuries uh, to the Sam linebacker spot suffered pretty much, like, really almost felt like simultaneously. But uh, they weren't that close together. But, obviously, uh, big big loss to Titus Wall, who was placed on the six-game injury list. And uh, uh, Michael Griffin, the rookie, who's been great this uh, in his first year in the CFL. He's been placed on the one game. So, I know there was a little little uh maybe a little fright uh scaredness may uh, scare like a little maybe people are a little scared that uh they could be missing the entire season but dave uh coach dickinson said that uh there's a good chance that they'll return at some point this year but obviously with uh with titus it seems a little bit more longer term and uh obviously Shaq richardson he's going to be missing uh his first game since coming back to calgary uh, Nick Taylor will be back, uh, so he'll, he, that's a big improvement there in the safety spot. Uh, Brandon Dozier will take over at the Sam linebacker. And then on the offense, uh, Diedrich Mills. I mean, can we, we got one, two games with uh, Kadeem and, and Diedrich going, and uh, and they just say you want more of it, but it's just, uh, you know, Kadeem could, or sorry, Diedrich couldn't go there yesterday. Um, dealing with something with his head. So, uh, Devontae Bellamy's back up. He'll back up Kadeem Carey. So, it's just another week in Calgary. Cole Tucker's also going to miss as well. So, it's just another week with the Stampeders. New bodies, just new shuffling around. It's just, uh, just nothing new here. No, it's a, a topic that we've talked about a lot <laughs> on these hits uh, throughout the season, the DBs. Uh, if anything, I guess the good news, Patrick, is that the two guys coming in this week, uh, Nick Taylor and Brad Muhammad that you mentioned, are guys that are familiar with the system. They're mm-hmm. veteran guys in the CFL, especially Nick Taylor. 
Um, it's not like we're bringing in guys for the first time this season, their experience with the Calgary Stampeders, but we haven't seen Taylor at that safety spot before this year in this defensive backfield. Probably the one that suffered the most injuries this year if we're talking about man games lost for the Stampeders. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, new, a new, new position for Nick Taylor, who's played some corner, obviously, in, in his career and played some halfback. So safety, it's, a, it's an all-new position. You're like the, the all-seeing eye for that defense. You see it all. You're, you're, the, main, you're the last line of defense. So uh, I think it, it'll be interesting to see if, if, if Edmonton will, will, will test that with the deep ball. I know uh, they didn't really have a good, much success with it on Monday, but previously – uh, they did have a really good success with it against Ottawa in their win, win their first win at home there. So I, I'm wondering if that's maybe a, a spot that uh, they'll tune in and see if they can and mess with. But it's experience. It's not like it's it's a rookie. It's a guy that's that's played a lot of football in this league. And and same goes with Brad Muhammad. So uh, it's just it's just next man up mentality. And yeah, you're learning a new position. And and just good for Nick Taylor. He's 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 just like everybody else. It seems in the secondary, getting getting looks at everywhere. And uh, that Sam linebacker spot for Brandon Dozier, it's always an interesting one because in the CFL you're kind of asked to do a little bit of coverage, a little bit of run mm-hmm. stoppage. And we know with Trey Ford at quarterback what he did at the Labor Day Classic in McMahon. That's kind of an important spot uh, for the Calgary Stampeders, and he's filling in for a guy that's played really well this year in Titus Wall. Yeah, I, I think uh, maybe you saw a little bit that uh, maybe Alway and and maybe Cam Judge struggled a little bit with the with the contain on Trey Ford as you know he went for 135 yards. I think Brandon Dozier bringing him down a level. Uh, he just adds more speed at that at that level of the game. And I think adding Dozier there can maybe help out Alway, help out Judge a little bit more, take a little pressure off there because it's really like. Tyree did a pretty good job on Trey Ford, I will say. Like in the passing game, he didn't they didn't beat him deep, and and it really it it it, it was probably his worst game as a passer. So I whatever Calgary was doing uh, in that part of the game, they should replicate it to to this week because so, you can't learn much uh, seeing an opponent five days later. So uh, winning your one on one battles will be key for for anybody on this time. You know your guy and. And I think Dozier just adds that extra layer of speed and athleticism uh, to help out contain Trey Ford. Uh, how do you think the defensive line handled things? We don't see many changes there, but they're probably the main group that's going to have to be asked to contain Trey Ford in this rematch. Yeah, I mean, uh, you want to like you want to obviously get to that level, and you you want to cause some chaos and have them off the end. So, I mean, they did a they did. You probably want to do a better job, obviously, than you did on Monday. But again, it'll be a, another step up for Julian Houser, who's been a pressure king uh, this whole season. To once he gets to that level of, of getting to Trey Ford, and, and and then it'll it'll depend on the, the inside guys too, like Derek Wigan uh, and and McLean, who uh, who obviously stepped in uh, last week there as well. So it's gonna be it's man, it's gonna be all hands on deck to contain really this one guy that uh, has really just changed everything for Edmonton. Uh, offensively, the team really broke out in a lot of ways in that game. The fourth quarter saw the Stamps score 22 points, helping into that big fourth quarter comeback. But I guess maybe the big point of contention from that uh, game in, in Calgary, Patty, was the play of the offensive line. Weldon at that left tackle spot, I thought, struggled at points. He'll get a second straight start at the left tackle spot as they're still dealing with injuries to Bryce mm-hmm. Bell and others. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's just like a – 
you want to have the same guys week in, week out, but it's just learning, and that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to hope he, he learned a lot this practice. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a great week for practice because they had the walkthrough there on, on Tuesday, and you know it was a closed session, or, or sorry, walkthrough on Wednesday, closed session on Thursday, and it just it it, it you want to is this the right week? You want to see everything get put together right, so. I think with with what Walden and with Weldon and, and everybody on this offensive line is uh, they, they can do a pretty good job, I think. And and Jake Mayer, we saw he can use his legs a little bit there. He thought he talked about that run that he did the touchdown. He felt like it was sixteen twenty yards, but it was only six. So I think getting him contained, uh, getting Jake Mayer going uh, and protecting him, it'll help a lot too. So with, with Weldon, I think they're taking a, a next step forward. I, I think he's going to be all right. Uh, Patrick Dumas along with us. You know him as the producer of the big show with Russick and Rose. He's also one of our Stampeders reporters here on Sportsnet 960. Getting set for the Stamps and the Elks rematch up in Edmonton on Saturday. Uh, as far as confidence goes, Patty, it was interesting. I talked to Maddie about this a little earlier in the week, but do you think this can be a building block sort of thing for Jake Mayer, having some confidence after that big fourth quarter comeback? Is this something that you want to see him continue being aggressive into this game Saturday in the Labor Day rematch? 100%. Like, he talked about it there with me yesterday about uh, the offense. Like, it, it's getting there, but there's still those little lulls in games where they they go to and out or they can't get anything going or they have to settle or they get a big play and they have to settle for an imperative. But it, it feels like in the last two games, they've they've started to see that, that, that step forward with Jake Mayer and the receivers. Getting Reggie Bagleton involved has been huge. The M&Ms. Mark and Michelle and Mark Keith Ambles have been huge as well. And I think he is starting to take that next step forward. And, and I, I do see that with, uh, with more continuity here with the receiving core and, and him working with them, it, it does feel like it's getting a little bit better on this offense. And, and with the running game, you want to see those guys keep it up, keep going. You want to see 15 to 20 carries. I know they went over the 100 yards, but uh, they're on Monday. Uh, but, you know, Kerry had eight carries. I believe uh, like Diedrich had seven. So it'll be a lot on Kadeem Kerry to take some pressure off Jake Mayer as well. So uh, that'll be a big game, a big key as well in the running game. Vision Marquise Ambles, I believe he's listed as a game-time decision for Saturday. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, Marquise is, uh, I believe, yes, he is listed as a game-time decision. So uh, uh, that's why they brought up Colton Hunchak. So just uh, just have healthy bodies prepared. And, uh, I mean, Marquise, he's been so good over the middle, like in the in the, just catching the, the tough passes over the middle, uh, taking that big hit. So uh, it would be a loss for sure uh, if he can't be there. Uh, you mentioned uh, the two M's, Mark and Michelle, Marquise Ambles, how they've been. Uh, Reggie Bagleton obviously coming off that massive game against the Toronto Argonauts uh, didn't have as much of a presence in the Labor Day Classic as maybe some expected, but I guess we talked about them, you know, spreading the ball out around. How impactful do you think he can be for this Calgary Stampeders team as kind of the one presence that seems in this receiving core that we've talked about all season long when he's been healthy and what he's been able to build with Jake Mayer? Yeah, Reggie seems to be, he is the most consistent guy in this offense, at least talking about the receivers. So I think he, he can be that guy. He is totally that guy. He can get to that uh, that mark again at Toronto. I'm not saying he's going to get to 200 yards, but I think with what this receiving core is, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, Reggie Bagleton, uh, and, the, and the M&Ms, it's, it's been tough. Obviously, you lose Malik Henry early on and working in new names, like having, having Ambles and Michelle show up halfway through the year and, and contribute is huge. And I think 
with what they're doing, it's, it's given teams more, I guess, more of a, a menu of what Calgary can throw at you with the receiving core is, is Jake Mayer can, can spread it around. And I think Reggie Bagleton is that consistent guy in that slot position that he, he's one of the best in the game at that. Uh, like, he reminds me of, of, of so many of the great slots in the league. I'm not saying he's G-Roy. I'm not saying he's Mill Stiegel, but he has that presence around him that he has that commanding, that he's going to be consistent, and he just helps out a young quarterback like Jake Mayer. And, and what is a really a young offense uh, this year? And, and we've seen it struggle at points, but I feel like they are getting over that hump. And sure, helping playing against a team like Edmonton, albeit that their offense has been perked up. Maybe the whole team has been perked up since Trey Ford came around. But, I mean, it's still a group that's, that's still not the greatest and I think Calgary can definitely exploit a lot of things what Edmonton can throw at them and I I, I do have a feeling it'll be a, a little bit better game uh, consistently from, from quarter to quarter that, uh, tomorrow night as far as adjustments we, we've talked about obviously had to talk about what Trey Ford did uh, in the first game in Calgary it was just so remarkable um, but at the end of the day it didn't wind up being a win for this Edmonton Elks team how much conversation this week Patrick has been around, and I know they had the close practice Thursday, but how much have you heard from this team about how they want to react to the Labor Day rematch, knowing it's a short week, but knowing uh, one guy had such a big impact for the Elks? What's the conversation Mm -hmm. been around for the Calgary Stampeders when it comes to how they're going to handle Trey Ford in the rematch? I think like like the guy is is really he is really four four speed like this guy can can cut on a dime like Chris Jones compared him to Doug Flutie and Kyler Murray like that style of quarterback he can he can beat you with his legs and I think like you have you can only do so much on a guy that you, you without hitting him illegally and I think Dave mentioned that yesterday is you can only do so much with this guy uh, so as much as I saw like. The, like they're gonna, they're, it's gonna be tough, obviously. But I don't think he's gonna pop off for 135 yards again because there is like there's there's only so much you can can take from that game because you're you're facing the same team in such short windows. So I think like it's gonna be tough, obviously. Like what Trey Ford can bring, he can open up such another layer to a game and and, and rolling out and just with so many with the passing game with the rushing, it, it will be tough. But I think like with with what Brandon Dozier is gonna add to that linebacker position, I know Titus Wall. He's been a rocket ship this year. Uh, I love what he's brought to this team, and he's gonna be a big loss. But I, I really think that bringing Dozier down and having a, a veteran present with Nick Taylor, it, it's gonna really help. They're gonna open up an umbrella essentially over over Trey forward i think what did you see from the elks as a whole we talked so much heading into that game patty about momentum and the fact that they ended that long home losing streak and did a chance to catch the calgary stampeders in the standings uh obviously we talked about them you know falling short but still building off of what uh, been a great quarterback performance from trey ford what did you make of the elks in that monday matchup and what are you sort of expecting to see from them when we rematch this thing on saturday I think you, you you see a team that's that maybe like of course like the fans are gonna like why didn't you move to Trey Ford earlier on in the season and we could talk about Taylor Cornelius being like a partially guaranteed contract uh, as a big uh, as a big discussion point is why they stayed with Cornelius so long. I think it's a team that is is in a is in a state of flux, obviously, with, with what's gone on. But they they've gotten the the elephant out of the room. The the, the home losing streak was such a big uh, weight off this team's shoulder, and I think they they're starting to take the next steps forward. Victor Kui is out. They're they're moving forward with a, with a former president um, that, that, from a time where they had some success. So 
hopefully they, they can get that going and, and you start seeing the fans return to the stadium because I know that that's been a big sticking point is, is seeing how empty Commonwealth is. But I think it's a team that knows what they're doing. I think Trey Ford is, is such a, 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 a great player and he's going to be a great player in this league. And then they've got a lot of good pieces around him, at least on that offense. So I think it's a team that's starting to take the right direction. And, you know, they're still in this race. Like this, this play, we talk about the crossover standing because that's probably what it's going to be for Calgary unless, you know, like the riders fall off here a little bit because they do have that game in October that'll decide the season series. But as it stands right now, Calgary's tied with Hamilton for third in the East. But as we know, if you're tied with the third place team in the East, you're not crossing over. So it is going to be a big one. I think Edmonton still has that motivation to like, hey, this we're not out of this. We're only four points back of Hamilton for third. We, we can play this. We, can, we still got, you know, a few games left on the season. So I think this is a team that Calgary obviously will be prepared for and, and be warned of because Edmonton, I think, is it's on the up. Uh, last but not least, before we let you go, keys to sure. this one, if you're the Calgary Stampeders, you think they need to do in the rematch if they want to sweep this two-game set? Uh, you want to do a better job protecting Jake Mayer and obviously that, that run game. I think that run game is going to be so key for Calgary. I, I we want to see Kadeem Carey again. You want to see that, that MOP final, that, that Calgary's MOP finalist from last year step up and be that top running back in the game. Cause I think that that takes so much pressure off, off what Jake has to do. Like, yeah, you want to see him like passing game, kind of what he did on, on Monday there. Like, yeah, he had the, the one interception, but it was, it was a game that, he, you know, he he ran one in. It's it's about it's just about consistency on this offense, and it has been the key all year. Is if they can get a good run pass balance, they're going to be successful on the on this offense, and are going to be successful. Sorry, going forward in this in this game and on defense, it's all about stopping Trey Ford. I, and like I said, I've been beating it to the drum here. I think Brandon Dozier is going to make a huge difference in in stopping him, and and it'll it'll be a different wrinkle that Edmonton has to worry about. We'll see how it all works out. Looking forward to it. It's the third of three games on Saturday. Patty, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy your weekend of CFL football and NFL football. Uh, and uh, we'll chat with you again next week, pal. Thanks, buddy. You take care. Take care. Patrick Dumas, the producer of Russick and Rose on the big show, plus one of our great Stampede reporters here on Sportsnet 960, the van, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline for today's edition of the Stamps Report. The CFL week is up to week 14. It kicks off tonight with a matchup between two Ontario rivals. It's the Hamilton Tiger Cats at 4-7, and seven, taking on the 3-8 and eight Ottawa Red Blacks from our nation's capital. And then, like I mentioned, a triple header of action on Saturday, 11 a.m. Calgary time. The Montreal Alouettes taking on the Toronto Argonauts. Owls at 6-5, and five, Argos at 9-1. and one. Montreal looking to to prove that they're still going to make a, a thing a mess of this thing in the East, uh, trying to make a, a competition. You want to stay ahead of the likes of the Tie Cats and the the Red Blacks, but at the same time, nine and one for the Argos seems as though that's probably a far wish for Montreal to catch up to that one. But look, uh, some proving ground for sure for Montreal if they want to make a statement on Saturday to kick things off. Then of course it's a CFL Classic midday on Saturday, two p.m. kickoff. It's the Banjo Bowl. The Riders stunned the Blue Bombers in Saskatchewan for last week's game. Uh, now we're heading back to Winnipeg where the Bombers 9-3 and take on the 6-5 and Riders. Riders don't want to look behind themselves to see the Stampeders suddenly creeping back into this one if they can beat the Elks. going to be a massive game, expecting a big crowd in Winnipeg. And then, like we mentioned, Labor Day Classic rematch up in Edmonton. Elks, Stampeders, Calgary 4-8, and Edmonton 2-10, and 
It's a 5 p.m. kickoff from Edmonton. We'll, uh, of course, cover it in full on Monday to see what happens. We've got a full uh, slate of games here, not only Friday uh, Friday Night Football tonight with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Ottawa Red Blacks, but then again three games on Saturday before a full slate of NFL games coming your way on Sunday. And, yes, the Calgary Stampeders depth chart looks a lot different heading into this one we mentioned with Patrick Dumas. Some of the big changes there including Brandon Dozier taking over at that Sam linebacker spot. That's a massive change. Titus Wall not expected to be back this season. Michael Griffin on the one-game injured list of the Stampeders will look a little bit different than they did on Monday when they took on the Elks and figured out a way to come back in that fourth quarter. We have some Blue Jays news to pass your way as well this afternoon. They're getting set to take on the Kansas City Royals tonight. Uh, but some injury updates as far as a couple players go there. Danny Jansen had surgery on his right middle finger this week. He is out for the remainder of the regular season. Has not been ruled out for postseason play, but the Jays obviously have to get there first before worrying about that. Eric Swanson going to pitch in a AAA rehab game on Saturday. Hopefully back for the Jays after just one rehab game. And then Matt Chapman out of a splint doing fielding and hitting drills. Bo Bichette will start at shortstop today after he was taken off of the IL. And Colt McCoy optioned back to AAA Buffalo. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. We promised it to you earlier. We're going to get to it next. It's going to be another edition of Ask Andy, our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Our first full Sunday slate of NFL games is coming up in just a couple days' time. We've still got a Monday nighter to get to. We also have fantasy fallout from last night in Kansas City. No better way to continue hour two live from Veranda. Then by heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon and welcoming in our fantasy football guru, Mr. Andy McNamara. AMC, how are we, pal? Gentlemen, doing well. Let's do footballs. It's officially back. What a game last night. That was that was wild. And like you said, yeah, we still have all, all of Sunday to go. How did you uh how did you see last night? Were you uh on the Detroit bandwagon? Were you surprised by a Lions win? How did you see it last night, pal? I'm I'm glad the Lions won. I still thought going in that Patrick Mahomes would figure it out, but I, you know, I guess when you factor in no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones, and an upstart Lions crew, that look, I don't know how the rest of the season is going to play out, but that NFC North is totally up for grabs, and the Lions have all the confidence and momentum in the world. That's where a coach like Dan Campbell. That's where you – I think these lines can really get on a roll here because if you're kind of the loud, raw, raw guy and things don't go well, that gets old quick. If things are going well, like, this could be some real momentum here. So, I'm glad the Lions won, man. They're, they, they've been kind of the uh, laughing suck for quite a while in the league, so that's, that's a really big win for them. 960-960, if you're listening live and you have a question for Andy McNamara, Ask Andy is coming up in just a few minutes. So get your questions in. I see them already coming into the text line. Get yours in before it's too late. 960-960 as we get ready for Sunday and Monday of this NFL schedule. From a fantasy perspective, Andy, let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Uh, I guess it was a pretty clear indication that uh, when Travis Kelsey is back and healthy, he's still far and away the best option uh, outside of Patrick Mahomes to own in fantasy. Oh, my gosh. Did last night not just (laughs) put an exclamation (laughs) point behind that? Oh, my goodness. That was wild, especially Kadarius Tony. Get out of my life. Good Lord. Couldn't catch anything. And and this is the guy they're trying to – 
still tried to finagle into the, the Tyreek Hill role. I don't yeah. think so, man. Like, it, things were, I know one game, but bouncing off Sky Moore, the deep threat, three targets to him, nothing. Um, I liked a, a flash out of Noah Gray that I saw kind of as the backup tight end, but really, Travis Kelsey just spread the ball around. The, the, the receiver with the most catches was Isaiah Pacheco, the running back. So that's the type of night. If you don't have uh, Travis Kelsey in there, boy, that, that is, is rough. So fantasy-wise, disaster. Even Patrick Mahomes still finished uh, just over 20 fantasy points. So good, but not great with where you probably drafted him. If you wanted to maintain the slimmest hopes of possibility, if you were a Sky Moore owner or a Kadarius Tony owner, Andy, would the thought of Travis Kelsey come back and maintaining that top dog role as far as what defenses are, are focusing on, would that still give you any faith that any of those guys can show up and be an impactful guy for fantasy points? I, I personally put Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony on my not interested list uh, okay. in my fantasy drafts. I just wasn't these are guys who will have one week where they'll catch a 70 yard touchdown and people will be freaking and then they won't do anything for three weeks. It's too inconsistent. So if you have them, if you on your fantasy team, if you believe in them that they can do something, don't drop them now. Don't give them away for nothing. You drafted them for a reason. You believe, I don't believe in them, but if you believe in them, keep them on for a few more weeks, see how things play out. You don't want to give up after one week. Uh, one more with the Chiefs. Uh, speaking of receivers disappointing, did anybody in that backfield give you any sort of faith? I think probably uh, Jarek McKinnon was close on a couple of goal line uh, area touches, but nothing really uh, from Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Rolaire, or Jarek McKinnon. Well, it is your straight-up classic committee. And look at the carries. Look at the distribution. Eight carries for Pacheco. Six carries for Clyde Edwards, Rolaire. Pacheco under three yards per carry, and Clyde Edwards allowed 3.7. Average to below average there. Patrick Mahomes was the best rusher. And, yeah, Jake McKinnon is going to be that guy, pop out of the backfield here and there, maybe a goal line. Like, he only had one catch, you know. Like, it's that running back situation. Uh, Pacheco probably will be the head guy, but if they like what Clyde Edwards-Alaire keeps bringing, and it, it wasn't that long ago where he was the guy, you're yep. in a classic committee sense, and you're really looking at one or both of them as either a, a RB2 that you're not going to get much out of, a depth bye week coverage guy, or a desperation flex. Like, there's just not that much meat on the bone. Uh, quick reminder, if you are texting in at 960-960 with a question for Andy, uh, make sure you uh, let us know what kind of scoring your league is in, PPR, half mm-hmm. PPR, anything standard scoring like that, anything that we can pass along. Uh, to give you a little bit more knowledge when you're uh, asking your question. Uh, Detroit side of things, Andy, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown certainly looked great. Um, David Montgomery got a heck of a lot of carries. What was your sort of fantasy outlook on the Detroit Lions after one game? Well, I know there's a lot of unhappy uh, Jameer Gibbs owners, myself included, in one of of my (laughs) leagues. Um, I'm like, what what the heck's going on here? You, You drafted the guy that high, overdrafted, I think. And you give David Montgomery 21 carries? Now, here's the interesting part to me. We always talk about how different coaches, Belichick and Sean Payton, and all, they hate our fantasies. They lie. Well, you know what? Dan Campbell told us the truth. He told us we have to listen to what he's saying for our fantasy advice. He said he's going to ease Gibbs in and not give him a full workload. He said it, and damn it, he did it. And that is uh, quite discouraging. That is not the offensive production that we wanted out of Gibbs. 
hopefully that role grows. And again, with that draft capital, I don't see how it can't. Um, Receiver-wise, I'm honored St. Brown touchdown right where we thought. Josh Reynolds, um, you know, he's one of those guys, again, you want him, you might want him on your bench for bench depth. He'll pop here and there. He was the leading receiver in yards. The guy that caught my attention, though, not a lot of yards, so more PPR relevant, was rookie tight end Sam Laporta. And there was a, a couple cases where he had five catches, just 39 yards, but there was a couple ca- uh, cases where uh, uh, Goff was being pressured and he was back, and Goff kind of threw an awkward pass, and Laporta reached out, fingertip grabbed it. I was like, okay, this is a rookie who's making clutch catches, moving the chains a little bit, can get those, can be that reliable receiver check down to Jared Goff. And I think we're going to see that grow. So my stock in Sam Laporta fantasy wise went up. Uh, we got questions rolling in at nine six zero nine six zero. Let's get to it. We won't make you wait any longer to get your fantasy questions asked. It's time for another edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, AMC, we got questions ready for you, pal. You ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Uh, Andy, thanks for the advice as always. First question for you. Flex full PPR. I need to start one of Mims, uh, James Cook in Buffalo, or Jaden Reed. Boy, I want to lean Mims. Um, track how Jerry Judy's doing health-wise. Questionable. I think it could come down to a game-time decision. If Judy gets a clean bill, if we see the, you know, the, the D or the Q come off from away from his name, I would not do Mims. If there is that, I would. If, he, if uh, Judy is healthy fully, then you go James Cook. Uh, Tommy in Calgary saying, hey, Andy, DeAndre Hopkins or James Conner in a flex spot, full PPR league? Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. I like, And it's full PPR. Yes. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to lean Hopkins. I think they're going to want to get him the ball early off, and I know the run heavy, but there's just not a lot of options there in, in Tennessee. You got kind of the tight end. You got Traylon Burks who's, and DeAndre Hopkins. Is in. They want to get him happy and going, although I do love James Conner. I did draft James Conner in a couple leagues. Um Washington still has that very impressive defensive front. I think he will. I just want to see, like, the Cardinals have Josh Dobbs coming off of the Browns uh, as the backup quarterback. So let's not get too excited about how much they're either going to lean on on Connor and how effective he'll be just yet. Uh, going uh, further off of our Detroit conversation to start this off, uh, this text is curious. Do you think Sam Laporta could work his way into being a low-end tight end one this year? Uh, absolutely. And the thing is, the bar to be a tight end one is not high. Like yeah. last year, guys, last year, I, you had, like, you could be the TE12 and you're not reaching double digit fantasy points uh, on average in the year. Like, it doesn't, it's not necessarily like other positions where they, ooh, top 12, top 10. It's not going to be that great. So I think if Sam Laporta, the key here is, does he work his way into the uh, uh, receiving rotation during the Jameson Williams suspension? I think the answer is yes. And then after that suspension, how, how does that change? Does it change? Who misses out? Where does that target share go? So I think absolutely. If Stan Laporte is laying around on your waiver wire, I'd give him a scoop up. Uh, I think we need, I think this texter needs one of these three, Andy. If not, maybe we'll get a text back from 
Uh, half PPR, Mostert, Khalil Herbert, or Rashad White? Go Rashad White. Um, Mostert's – we talk about committees. Oh, Miami. Yeah. No, that's that's just gross. I, You know what? The more I look at it, I am getting more and more bullish with Rashad White. And I wish I had taken him in a couple more of my, my leagues. I think if you look at it with Baker Mayfield for now, starting quarterback with the Bucks. We will have to look at where he's had the most success in his career in his time with the Browns. And that was when you had a star uh, running back that you could lean on. And then that opens up the passing game to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, et cetera. I think Rashad White can be that guy. And unlike those other situations we talked about in Miami, uh, in other places, it's a case where Rashad White's the guy. If there's going to be a lead back, it's going to be Rashad White. He's not Nick Chubb, but out of those options, I like him better than the others. Uh, standard league flex play, London or Pickens? Go Pickens. Uh, Drake London, he, the, the idea is great. The option, the, the talent is there. Is Desmond Ritter the guy to get in the ball? I need to see first how this Atlanta offense operates in their new kind of quasi-unorthodox style. So I would say, if you have another option, I would, I would say um, stay away from London, go Pickens. Uh, full uh, for flex spot, full PPR, uh, Hollywood Brown, Brandon Cooks, or Dalvin Cook? You know what? I really like Brandon Cooks this year. I do. If he can yeah. stay healthy, he's going to be the number two in Dallas. Dallas is in the oh my win mode for Mike McCarthy's job. Okay, uh, I've heard that the offense is going to be, they're going to have Dak throwing downfield more. They're going to have him passing more. What does that mean? Well, Brandon Cooks is pretty fast. Brandon Cooks likes going downfield. And despite him being on like almost every NFL team, Brandon Cooks produces when he's on the field. So Brandon Cooks is lined up to be WR2 in Dallas. I think it's going to be a good spot. Uh, Scott and Lethbridge texting in. Half point PPR, Jamal Williams or Khalil Herbert? Jamal Williams until Alvin Kamara comes back. Uh, Herbert, I took in a couple leagues as like uh, my second or third running back. He's going to be the lead running back, but you have Justin Fields who's also going to run. So it's kind of like, uh, how much is he going to be there? Jamal Williams has proven whether he's a backup, whether he's a go-to in uh, a fill-in role, guy can produce. Guy can catch. He can run. Uh, I still think he's underrated. So in New Orleans, I think you go with uh, Jamal Williams. Um, this one coming from Mike. It's a PPR league. Start Madison or Cam Akers, or do I risk it and move on for a guy like Raheem Mostert? No, 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 no. Let's let's not get <laughs> let's not get crazy here. Let's not get nuts. Okay, <laughs> week one. Let's let's settle down. Um, no, uh, we're we're not. I, I don't trust Cam Akers, and I don't think Sean McVay has shown that he can. He trusts Cam Akers. Cam Akers yeah. has supposed to be the guy. Comes back from injury, flashes. He gets oddly benched, and is there work ethic problems? Whatever. Um, so yeah, we're going to stay away from Mostert and Akers. And who is it that we're going with the other one? Who is it? The uh, uh, Madison. Yeah, Madison, Madison. Go with Madison. Uh, half point PPR, Kincaid or Njoku? I'd say Njoku. Um, Kincaid is still with – you still have Knox there. So we have two tight ends in Buffalo. Kincaid's yeah. a rookie. Uh, Josh Allen has Stefan Diggs. There's also Gabe Davis. We need to really see what the dynamic is here fantasy-wise at tight end for the Bills. Do we have – one tight end separate himself, or do we have two that cannibalize each other and none of them are fantasy relevant? Now, David Njoku is one of those guys where, like I said, he's going to be a top 12 tight end, but that doesn't mean he's going to be 
necessarily uh, it's some superstar producer here. Browns are going to be throwing the ball a lot more this year. That is going to happen. We're going to see empty formations quite a bit. Nick Chubb's going to be in the slot. David and Joker will be a part of that. But you also have Amari Cooper. You have Elijah Moore, who's been a really big part of the game planning for this Browns team. Um, and Joker could, though. I saw a flash in the last preseason game against Kansas City where Watson was finding and Joku, who was a high school high jump uh, state champion, using that six foot five frame, little toss up in the end zone. So touchdown dependent, you could be striking a little bit of gold from time to time with Njoku. Uh, two more for you, Andy. Tyson text in from Calgary. My running backs are White, Acres, Camara, and Arcane. Have stacked wide receivers. Do I trade Lamar and Acres for Dobbins and Herbert? Standard scoring league. So the trade would be. Lamar and Akers for Dobbins and Herbert. No, Dobbins and Herbert. No. No, I wouldn't do that. Nope. No. Nah. I'd stay I'd stay how you are. I know we get itchy to trade a little bit, right? You wanna you wanna trade listen, this is week one. You drafted for a reason. Now maybe it's not the guys you wanted or the order, whatever, but you dra- see how your team plays out. Okay, don't get too crazy. Don't get too itchy trigger finger to make these deals. See how it plays out week one. See how the team you built plays. Uh, last one for you, uh, Andy. If I need to hit the waiver wire for a lesser-owned wide receiver because Christian Watson is out, who would you recommend? Oh, boy, because Watson's out. I would say if, if we're looking at it, like, it really depends. Okay, so who's like is Elijah Moore around? If Elijah Moore's around, like I said, with the Browns, he might not be, but he was going later in drafts. I, I think Elijah Moore would be a steal. Um, Al Lazard is uh, available in quite a few leagues. Remember, Aaron Rodgers asked for him specifically to come to town. So, you know, with you have Garrett Wilson, but Lazard's the number two, and his injury designation is gone. So I think Lazard is a good pickup. Um, I might also look at Michael Gallup, who's probably slated for the number three, but if Dallas is going to be throwing more, that's another situation where it's like, okay, well, Gallup could be that lower-end type of guy. So those would be three that I would look at. Maybe maybe DJ Chark as well in Carolina. I don't, I don't love it, but, you know, he might be the top guy for uh, uh, that hamstring. Looks like he's – oh, he's been ruled out. Oh, boy, I just saw DJ Chark ruled out. So never mind that yep. one. So go stick with, stick with Lazard and Gallup. Andy, always appreciate the time, as always, man. Thank you for hopping on with us again. Uh, excited to continue doing uh, Ask Andy throughout the season. Enjoy your Sunday slate of games. We'll chat with you next week, pal. Oh, absolutely. And you know what, guys? This Sunday on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, we're going live 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube at AndyMC81, so you can get your uh, game day fantasy questions in there as well. Can't wait, guys. Thanks, Andy. Take care, pal. See ya. Bye-bye. Andy McNamara, fantasy football guru. Here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, you can find them on Twitter at AndyMC81. We're hanging out here at Veranda on one of our favorite patios in the city in the Curry Barracks this afternoon. We're here uh, with Sportsnet today, 1 to 3, and then uh, 3 to 5, Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. And uh, just so happens to be joining me now by is uh, one Pat Steinberg. Hi, Patty. Hi, buddy. How are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, And you happen to just come at the perfect time because uh, we've tested out some vacay brews when we've been here before, but uh, we know this is a collaboration between vacay and Burwood. And now this time we get to get into the Burwood side of things. Yvonne's along with us from uh, Burwood. Yvonne, how are you today, man? Oh, I'm doing well. 
Uh, what have you What have you brought us today? I'm looking forward to this. I am too. This is uh, a brand new addition to our mojito family. Uh, it is a mojito can cocktail, and this time we're bringing the raspberry mojito right in a can. So uh, it's a delicious, um, crushable drink <laughs> right in a can. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Are you a mojito guy, Steinberg? I feel like you could crush a mojito or two. I feel like I'm about to be. <laughs> yeah, you weren't before. Yeah. You are okay, now. Sound effects here? No. There we live go. tasting. We're going to try these out live on the air for you as we're here. You tell Miranda. me, you tell me uh, when you want me to take a sip. Uh, you would love for you to take a sip right now. ASMR right now. Oh, there it goes. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> it's got a little mint in there. You get the, uh, the mint. Oh, that's yes. that's really so, good. That's really good. All of our canned cocktails are made with fresh fruit, Ooh, yeah. uh, fresh mint, uh, no preservatives. That's just right there, added. made with fresh mint. Get in there. Yes. Ooh, that's really good. It's a little bit higher in alcohol content. This one's about 6.8. Um, your typical canned vodka soda is about 5. But, yeah, as I mentioned, this is more of a cocktail versus your vodka soda with just a lime or something like that. Yeah, that's really good. Obviously get them here at Veranda, but are you guys going to to different liquor stores around the city as well right now? Yes. um, Our passion fruit mint mojito that we just launched maybe a couple of months ago was a huge hit. Uh, This one is following those footsteps. It's quite popular. Uh, We have it on tap here at Veranda. Okay. We have it available at our retail store, a four-pack, and uh, your liquor Local liquor stores, yeah. so okay. Sobeys, Safeways, um, things like that, co-ops, you should be able to find it there. Okay. Yeah. How's uh, how's it been since Veranda has been open for you guys? I know we're chatting with Brad all the time and checking out the vacay side of things, but curious how from Burwood, how have you guys liked having this space together and doing oh, it all man, summer? It's been, it's been great. The collaboration's great. The community's coming together, um, especially here in Curry Barracks. Um, they have a thirst for this kind of product, not mm-hmm. just Burwood, but you know, local fresh beers and and the menu and the food that we offer is is family friendly, pet friendly patio. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So uh, nothing but uh, great things that we have. And a so great way to wrap up the summer tomorrow. You guys have a big patio party. Me and Pat were here just before the patio got started, before everything happened yeah. out here. And I've I've been talking to Brandon out here a couple nights. What a perfect place to to come out for a Calgary you know summer night out and. The lights look great. You've got patio tables everywhere. You've got a couple games going out on the lawn. It just feels like it's added an extra. It's already a great space here in Curry Barracks, but now you add the patio. You see a couple of pups over there yeah. enjoying it. It just feels like it's been a great space for you guys to use out here on a nightly basis for things like the patio party. For sure, yes. Uh, you know, weekends or evenings, uh, it's family-friendly, as I said, dog-friendly. It's, it's such a nice gathering, and people feel comfortable. Uh, what kind yeah. of other options can we expect from, from Burwood when you come to Veranda? Um, yeah, we specialize in local craft spirits. So um, a lot of our products uh, have either honey uh, that comes from our family honey farm just outside Chestermere. So a lot of our spirits e- either have a hint of honey, uh, especially our Bee Whisper, which is our whiskey. Uh, it's a special blend of aged honey spirit and uh, in a single malt. Which has been uh, quite a unique offering of uh, and it's whiskey delicious, spirits. It is, it is delicious. And uh, we also, we have a lot of ready-to-serve cocktails as well that are ready to go in a in a bottle, so you don't have to play mixologist at home. Yeah. You can just you know pour it over ice and enjoy it. Yeah, like, that's always the hardest part for yeah. me. Is is you can never recreate, right? You go to the bar and you go, eh have a great raspberry mojito but i can't do the same thing at home but now you guys have these great take-home options and it's it's almost identical to what you get when you come to veranda here and that's such a unique thing that you guys are doing is 
you're be able to bring that experience home if you're not able to come out right and you have these options to get really premium cocktails and stuff like you said at home and not have to be the mixologist that you have to do you when you come to veranda. Yeah, you can impress your guests just by opening up a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, the, hide the cans at home, right? I've got hey. I've got family in BC and uh, friends in BC, and I uh, every time I go out there, I have to bring I have to bring the Burwood gin, whether it's the just the regular the the London Dry or or one of the flavors like the cucumber. Oh, it's ridiculous. So nice. I got I'm always I'm always having to go to a local liquor store before I drive out to BC and get a couple of bottles of the gin. Because uh, people, I, I, we can't. It's too expensive here. We can't get it here. You got to bring it with me. So got to smuggle it. Over exactly. Got to smuggle it over the border. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so raspberry mojito, the latest one for you guys. You got anything else coming down the pipe in the next little while? You want to share with us? Uh, yes, uh, we will be playing in the non-alk uh, segment of 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 the things, and um, yeah, there there might be some cool things coming down. So yeah, keep your eye open. I, I don't want to say too much, but <laughs> of I, course. I think yeah. next, okay. next show will will come on down and <laughs> we'll always bring something. New, yeah. Hey, we love to do that. Yeah. The, the mojitos, fantastic, Yvonne. We love what you guys have done here. Thank you for having us out today, and thank you for letting us uh, try yeah, one of your newest cool. products. Excellent. Appreciate thank it so you much. Very much, and enjoy your weekend. And thank you. Thank yep. you. Appreciate it so much. We're here at Veranda. We're getting set for the patio party tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it. DJ, live food, drinks, bar games out here on the lawns. Uh, it's one of our favorite spots here in the Curry Barracks. It's the great collaboration between Vacay Brew Co and uh, Burwood Distilleries. And that's where Flamestock is going to emanate from. They've got you for the next two hours. Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers as Sportsnet uh, today wraps up on a Friday. Thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, for all their great work back at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We'll uh, catch up with you on a Monday after a full weekend of football. I'll put some more hockey news as the season rolls on. Uh, Keep it locked. Flamestock is next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.